G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Zach Franich from Northern Lifeguard Region joins us on the program to talk about the New Zealand Pool Championships that were staged over the weekend and also the recent World Surf Lifesaving Championships that were held in Italy. Zach, good evening. Welcome. Evening, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, lovely. Um, where should we start? Where should we start, Zach? Should we start with the pool champs from over the weekend? How did they go? Absolutely. So uh, we had over 400 competitors across three days of racing at the Owen Glen Aquatic Centre on Auckland's North Shore in Albany. Uh, and look, just a really great opportunity for clubs from around, from around the country uh, and their lifeguards to showcase their skills uh, and um, I guess, yeah, for them to put their best foot forward and, and show everyone else what they've been doing over winter and um, ultimately what they're doing in preparation to keep our beaches safe on, uh, on our beaches over summer. Yeah, Zach, now we've had you on before, but maybe for people for listening the first time, the sport, the sport, sports events in the pool, very, very big in Europe. They're also part of the World Games, which is um, held every four years. The World Games are for non-Olympic sports the Olympics for non-Olympic sports, but it's the pathway through to the Olympic Games. But all the events simulate rescue situations. So just take us through some of the events that the competitors were competing in. Yeah, that's right. So uh, a number of the events, uh, they are yeah, the simulated rescues with um, they, a lot of them use mannequins, which uh, are 60 kilo weighted objects, um, which will see competitors swim down and dive. Uh, to the bottom, pick them up and, and ultimate, ultimately swim with them. Um, I mean, 60 kilos trying to carry that through the water is uh, is pretty tough going. So in order to do that, you have to have incredible lower body strength, incredible stamina. Um, and it, it really is a, a, a pretty exciting feat to, to watch when, when you pull deck. Um, the speed some of these guys go down there. I mean, there's a number of Olympians uh, and ex-Olympians that are involved in the sport of pool rescue and, um, you know, that, that really just attests to the calibre and um, the, I guess the physical attributes you need to excel in this space. So, you know, it's very exciting stuff to watch. And there's also the fins component as well. So I guess we affectionately, we affectionately refer to it as swimming with toys, um, but some very fun toys as well. Um, the, fins are, the fins that people use, uh, similar to those you might see in, in some of the uh, free diving events, big fins, 60 centimetres long, up to 30 centimetres wide, and the power output these guys and girls can can use with these fins is, is pretty incredible. Yeah, because from the with the fins over fifty meters, they'll stay in the water pretty much the entire fifty meters, and what they cover it in about what seventeen or eighteen seconds, I think, don't they? Uh, yeah, fifteen high, sixteen low. Wow, wow! Uh, it's, it's, it's moving. It's rapid. It's, mm. it's rapid, really mm. rapid. So. It, um, and you mentioned uh, former Olympian, so Stephen Kent I'm aware of, and I know Lewis Clairbird, everyone who will remember him from the Commonwealth Games this year, he was actually named in that New Zealand team to go to Italy but had to pull out due to injury. But it also shows that, you know, if Lewis Clairbird's taking part, he, you know, he, he clearly rates it. He, he clearly rates the level of competition and the prestige associated with it. Absolutely. There's also another Olympian in the wing, Zach Reed, who um, was in the wider squad and, and unfortunately didn't quite make the cut this time around. So I mean to have people, to have current Olympians who can't um, or who are trying to break their way into the senior squad again just attest to the to the depth um, and the and the skills and I guess the physical attributes required to 
to make it the top level. Yeah. And this is very much evolved, hasn't it, out of Europe where a lot of countries are landlocked, they don't have the coastlines that we have here in New Zealand or Australia, but clearly uh, lifeguarding uh, is a big part of any community, particularly with swimming pools. And so this is very much a good way for the Europeans to be able to compete internationally. Yeah, no, you're right. And so over in Europe, we're looking at the likes of Germany, Italy, um, Poland, Belgium, they have really strong pool rescue programs, uh, and, and and again, like the Italians in particular, uh, they they align quite closely with their with their swimming, uh, with their Olympic swimming program, and at, at the recent World yeah. Championships, there are a number of swimmers on the blocks with the Olympic rings, yeah. uh, with the Olympic ring tattoos on on their bodies. So again, like the, the international caliber of athletes that that partake in this yeah. in this side of the sport is, um, you're looking at the best in the world, yeah. and it's, um, we're fortunate to have a very high ca- very high standards of athlete in New Zealand who, um, you know, jumps in the pool and gives it a crack. And uh, again, very exciting to watch. Mm. Who who were the standout achievers or who were the standout athletes on the women's side over the weekend? Over the women, we had uh, had a couple of standouts. We had Ryan Kwan from Oriwa and Pippa Nickel from from Mount Maunganui. Um, between the two of them, they, they got a haul close to twenty medals. Um, including close to 10 national titles between the two of them. It was a bit of a funny pool rescue nationals this year, um, given that it was just off the back of the world champs. A lot of the junior and open teams uh, weren't in attendance um, due to them sort of taking a longer longer route back home to New Zealand. But um, in their absence, there was a lot of a lot of youngsters stepping out with a number of uh, age group records broken. Um, the likes of Jasper Corners from Red Beach had an outstanding weekend. Um, Jack Hanford from Ottawa, he broke about three under-15 New Zealand records. Um, Mackenzie Rowlands from East End, she had another great, outstanding weekend. Um, so it was just a, with the absence of those older, more experienced, more seasoned campaigners, it, it uh, created an opportunity for some of these youngsters to step up and ultimately put their best foot forward, which was very exciting to see and very encouraging. And what? Who were the leading clubs? I know at the end of it all, you do sort of tally up the medal halls, and there is a little bit of a, a ranking list. And the clubs do like to be number one, two, or three. Was it? Who were the clubs Absolutely. that stood up? So the, after, after day one, uh, after the juniors uh, racing on day one, Mount Maunganui actually came out on. They were ahead in points, ahead of. Uh, there was a whole host of clubs vying for the minor placings. Uh, days two and three saw seniors racing, which saw the likes of uh, Talanaki's East End. And then Auckland clubs, Marine Bay, Red Beach, and Oriwa, uh, really trying to take it to Mount Maunganui across the across those those final two days of racing. Uh, in the end, Mount Maunganui were too good, and they came out on top uh, with close to 180 points overall. Uh, second place was uh, taken by Red, uh, Auckland club Red Beach, uh, and Oriwa rounded out the top three. Um, but no, again, very. Very hotly contested, uh, and bragging right, whenever bragging rights are on the line, everyone seems to put their best foot forward. So uh, ultimately, an, an exciting weekend of racing, um, which will lead us very nicely into the beach season. Yeah, now Zach Franich, my guest on the program, uh, athlete, great athlete in his own right. We are talking surf life-saving. You want to mention that because generally Labor weekend, early November, we see uh, the beaches, we start to see the first patrols uh, go out and set up the flags and prevent people from drowning, but it also means that from a competition point of view, they get out of the pool and they start making their way onto the beaches and starting to do the outdoor side of the sport. Uh, so when are, the, when are the sort of first outdoor surf comps regattas? Well, some see local competitions kick off uh, in October and early November, um, but essentially all roads lead to the first 
uh, well, first in the major competitions for the season, which will be the Fongmata Classic, uh, which will be at Fongmata Beach uh, in the in the second weekend of December. Uh, this year, this event's partnered with the very successful Summer of Surf Series in Australia, and this will be the first time, with our borders being open, open, we'll uh, get a chance to see some of Australia's best athletes come across and, and have a crack and. Uh, for the for the young Kiwis to to see some some of the idols they look up to um, and follow on social media, um, so that's something that the movement's really excited for. We'll be anticipating close to 500 athletes, um, and again, um, sure to attract New Zealand uh, and some of Australia's best uh, best surf sports athletes. So, um, all roads lead to that with with the smaller comps uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, so. Okay. Should be a good uh, should be a good few months. Yeah, okay, Zach, we had you on the program about a month ago and we previewed the World Surf Life Saving Championships with a team of ten. Um was it ten or twelve? Or fourteen? Twelve. Yeah, twelve, sorry. Six six guys, six girls, my apologies. Team of twelve that went over to Italy. Um they won the world championships in two thousand and twelve, two fourteen and well no, was it sorry, I'm getting two eight, two ten, two twelve, lost it in two Sixteen to the two twelve, two fourteen, two sixteen, lost them to eighteen. So okay. they were, there they you were, go, Zach. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, they were definitely they'd put the they'd had those rocks under their pillows for the last few years, and the Open team were very uh, very keen to uh, again size up the Aussies, who are generally the main their main competition. Um, this year, we saw fifty five different countries uh, partake in the in the World Champs. Um, across six days with the racing, three days in the pool, and then three days in the ocean. Um, we saw some outstanding performances from our New Zealand athletes. In total, the Open took home six world titles, uh, including uh, two world titles to Corey Taylor, who took out the Iron, uh, the famed Iron Ironman race ahead of his Australian compatriots, and the board in, in the uh, board race title. Danielle McKenzie, who is possibly one of our best surf sports athletes ever. Um, took out the world ski title um, with Michael Hanna taking out the, the male beach sprint title. Um, over in the pool, it was not, they didn't quite see the, have the success the, uh, they did on the ocean. All those standout performances were uh, Chris Dawson, who took out the uh, 100 metres mannequin carry uh, in a time of 44 seconds. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. Just phenomenal, uh, phenomenal performances from, from, our, from our open athletes. Um, they unfortunately couldn't quite put the Aussies and finished second to them, um, but it was yeah, it was very 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 tightly fought, very hotly contested, um, and again, really interesting to see just who comes out of the woodwork. It was, it was fascinating to see what countries fielded um, fielded the athletes they did. Um, so looking across the beach, there was uh, the likes of the team from Egypt fielded uh, eight sprinters from their Olympic sprint program. Um, there were German and Czech kayakers who were lining up for their teams. Um, the Japanese were very, very quick in, in events. You might not expect them to be be quick, and particularly in the board events. Um, the Spanish came with a very strong swimming contingent. The Italians have a world-class pool rescue program, as do the Germans. Uh, and the American, British and French have some pretty exceptional and pretty handy athletes across uh, both uh, across both sides of the, uh, the competition. So... Uh, Again, 55, 55 countries, uh, close to or north of 500 of the world's best and fittest lifeguards battling it out on Riccioni Beach. Uh, it was a, so I, everyone was just really grateful to have been for racing again. To be fair, mm. um, and for a lot of for a lot of our athletes, it was their, their final hit out. 
Uh, special mention goes to Steve Kent, who attended his seventh World Champs uh, in what will be his final his final uh, his final hit out at a, at a World Championship level. Um, obviously, a former Olympian. Um, he's now got a young family, so he's very much looking forward to hanging up the hang up the cap and the goggles and spend some more time at home. Mm, yeah, and, and we should just emphasise too that we finished second narrowly to the Australians again, but I, I want to say this to people, you know, behind cricket, I'll argue that Australia's national sport is surf life-saving. You've only got to go uh, to the Gold Coast, go to places like Burley this time of the year and the nippers programs and, you know, how big it is and what the Ironman means and the Uncle Toby's and the Kellogg series that have been taking place over the years. So um, there's no shame losing narrowly to the Aussies. No, no, no. It's very much part of their fabric. I mean, you only have to go to one of the Gold Coast or walk along the Gold Coast uh, beaches and see their gigantic surf clubs. Um, but no, you're right. It very much is a part of their fabric, like it is ours. But um, them being so much bigger, the level of competition is, is that much higher. Uh, and um, I think historically, Kiwis, we've, we've fallen back on our tough grit and our number eight, number eight wire attitude, and that's got us across a line, a line a number of times. Uh, and now a few of those other countries, including Australia, have wisened up and are now doing things a lot smarter. So um, it's made the tough, it's made the task a little bit tougher. But um, I, I, uh, I wouldn't discount New Zealand moving forward for the next World Champs in 2024, which will be on the Gold Coast, a little bit closer to home. Uh, it should be, it should be a cracker. So. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's eyes pointed forward, looking forward to having another crack at the uh, world title. And as I said, Zach, people listening to this, these athletes that we've just talked about, these athletes that just competed over the weekend, the more than 400 at the Pool Nationals, you're going to see them on your beaches because they're all lifeguards. Correct. All of them have to complete a minimum of 20 hours of voluntary service on their beaches across the uh, across New Zealand. And for those who are residing in Australia, uh over over across uh, over in Australia across the ditch, but it is one of those uh, it is one of the um, points of difference of our sport that I think really shapes our athletes into just great well-rounded people, great role models, great role models, sorry, uh, and people who um, just understand what it what it means to be part of a sport and more than happy to give back. Mm. Um, very fortunate, and that's ultimately part of the reason why uh, why why I love being in the sport and why I'm still involved. You'd feel pretty safe if you saw Lewis Clearbert patrolling the beach, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm not sure you could find many other people to get out to you quicker than, uh, than someone like Lewis. Um, but again, you're very, it's a very humbling sport. It's one, of those, it's one of those sports where you can be the best person on the line and given the conditions you're having to deal with, you might end up last. So in order to deal with that adversity, you just have to have exceptional resilience and ultimately be really humble and, and um, become laser-focused on your processes in order to you know, execute the best race you can. So... Um, yeah, prima donnas mean, uh, pre- <laughs> prima donnas need not apply to be part of uh, Surf Life Saving or Pool Rescue. It's, um, it takes a special kind of person to excel in the sport. Now, rumour has it, Zach, you're making a comeback? <laughs> uh, I do have a pretty flexible rubber arm. Um, I, uh, I was talking to a couple of people on the weekend. I, I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever do it, but I might have a crack at some of the masters, uh, some of the masters competition this year. Uh, anything to get myself back in and moving, but uh, I heard you might be putting a cap on as well, mate. Oh, I'm too busy watching my daughter. My daughter actually picked up two silvers and a bronze on Friday, actually, for Murawai, so we're really proud of her because she's still got another year left in the under-12, so um, I have decided to put my hand up and coach the under-14 girls at uh, Murawai, so you might see me poolside. Excellent. Sounds good. Look forward to seeing you then. Now, hey, lovely to have you on the programme. Zach Franich there joining us uh, from Northern Lifeguard Services or from the Northern Region.